Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hi This is episode 38 of the Archapreneur Now podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and I've got a little boogie-woogie for you today. I had the pleasure of having Drew Lewis on a marketing guru working out in the Los Angeles area. He's actually from Lexington, Kentucky, right out of college. He started a web design company, uh, grew it, grew it, grew it, sold it, and then took a job out there where he saw some larger opportunity for himself. And now he's working with huge clients uh, all over the place, doing advertising, doing marketing. And he's been a speaker at South by Southwest, and he's running another campaign to get back out there in 2015. Uh, And I did this episode a little bit different. We had some amazing topics that we hit before I actually got into the introduction of the show. So I decided just to leave that big portion of the pre-chat in. So if you don't want to hear any of that stuff, which I recommend listening to because it's it's really good stuff, uh, you can fast forward to the 27-minute mark, which is where I actually do the normal introduction. But everybody hang on to your pants because in this episode, you'll find out that no pants is the real way to go. We're going to talk about Willy Wonka. We're going to talk about Richard and Gene Simmons, not to be mistaken for each other. We're going to get into marketing, South by Southwest, persistence, why space is awesome, and of course, Batman and Robin right here on The Entrepreneur Now. All the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 38, and here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stinkity, stinkity, rickety, dickity beat. Yeah. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Get on with your bad self. Dude, I watched your little, uh, I guess it's your SXSW uh, campaign or whatever you're running with the Twitter shows oh. that slam back down on your face. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thanks, man. I hope uh, uh, I hope you voted. And uh, I will. Or- are you gonna go? I was gonna ask you. Are you going to? Are you trying to go speak there, or are you already gonna go speak there? Or what's What's the deal with that? Yeah. So I, uh, I last year I submitted a proposal um, called "Loyalty is Dead, Long Live Loyalty," and it was basically a, you know a, a, a talk about the idea that like. Uh, brand loyalty is kind of at an all-time low, um, yet there's more than everyone in their dog has a loyalty program. You know, so it's like you can't walk into a store without somewhere like, "Hey, have you joined our loyalty program?" And you're like, uh, "Sure, if it gives me a discount," but that doesn't make me any more or less loyal to you than I was a second ago, right? You know, so the loyalty program isn't necessarily mean you're loyal to a brand. So. It's kind of like this idea that um, you know what what what's really making loyal customers and you know versus you know giving somebody a punch card you know it's it's more about the experience and less about like a discount 
because I'm gonna if I'm loyal, like I'm loyal to uh, like Apple or Oakley, or I'm loyal to like a certain brand of coffee. Um, you know, I'm loyal because of the experience I have with it, not because I get it for cheap. <laughs> you know, uh, if I get it cheaper at some point because I'm loyal, that's a benefit. Not, but if you're giving me something at a discount right when I get in the door. Then you know, kind of, you lose that loyalty, right? You know, you've lost, you've lost a loyal, a customer who probably would have paid full price anyway. So it drives the bottom line down, and then yet you're, and you're not really gaining loyal customers. So there's like a big problem there. So the talk was about you know solving that problem, and we had like a big conversation at South by Southwest about it. It's cool. I, I was blown away. I, you know, South by Southwest is one. There's just I don't know if you've ever been, but there's so many sessions, and there's so much going on that like. That like you know you have this fear that like no one's going to show up right you're you're about to get on stage and there's going to be like you and five people in a room <laughs> and you're going to be like okay well uh, you know thanks for coming but uh, uh, man we were I was flattered and and humbled that like, we had like standing room only in our in our session so um, big nice turnout great you know uh, a lot a lot of people came out afterwards and said uh, you know we did a really good job and then uh, so I was like well you know if can lightning strike twice you know because you know, going to South by Southwest is a big honor for someone like me in the creative industry or in the advertising industry in general, um, or in the, even in the tech industry or, or uh, design um, industry. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, a culmination of, of great minds. So being able to speak there is kind of like, oh, wow, you know, that's a, that's a, it's kind of a great honor. So, uh, so this year, again, I'm trying to submit a proposal uh, this year. It's uh, called Get Verified or Go Home. And uh, the idea here is um, spawns from uh, a while back, actually, uh, a couple months ago now, I think. Uh, William Shatner, you know, ranted on Twitter for a while about, like, why did someone who was verified, like this nobody, he called him a nobody that was verified, was talking to him on Twitter, you know, and why he was verified and, like, his, his social media guy wasn't verified. And, you know, started this kind of whole conversation. And then you start to, like, really think about like what's behind that you know and um and it's this idea of like online equality and uh it's very interesting because you know the internet kind of gave everyone equal footing right you know whether i'm a celebrity or a ceo or just a guy with a microphone and a keyboard or a video camera i'm i can get i can reach a biggest audience uh, as a celebrity can, if I if my content is compelling, right? You know, or I I, I do the right things. Um, and the problem is, is social media now, like Twitter and Facebook, um, and even uh, like Foursquare and whatnot are doing it as well. But they're they're creating these exclusive exclusive apps and exclusive features that are tailored to celebrities and tailored to high profile people or people that are verified in their system. Um, and it kind of separates it starts to create the separation of elitism and and you know that equality is now is now you know becoming a, a bigger gap and you know it's a problem and because now people like brands or people who uh, people who were trying to speak as like a brand now don't have a, as big a voice as people who are verified or uh, is, is do people only follow verified people you know do or you know as a brand do I only talk to verified people do I talk to non-verified people because their reach isn't as good you know so it's it's a conversation to have and think about and you know there's some interesting metrics out there uh, you know that I think it's something like seventy percent of uh, active people on Twitter are women um, and only like 10% of them 
and only out of the people that are verified, only 10% are women. So, you know, like, what's that? You know, so there's interesting questions, you know, whether or not, you know, we have to do some data mining and do some metrics and really get down to the nitty gritty on that. But um, it should be an interesting talk. Hopefully, if you get uh, people, you have to, there's a three sessions, you have to vote, it's public voting. And then the board votes, the South by Southwest board votes, and then they have, they choose like some select people in the industry to vote again on the pooled selections they make, and then they make a final announcement on who gets to go again. So um, I'm crossing my fingers, but it'd be it'd be a great honor again to to go two years in a row. Dude, absolutely, man. That sounds uber interesting. Like I, I mean, just when you're sitting there talking about it, I feel like there could be a whole book written on that topic. Yeah, and maybe maybe that that I should if if it doesn't work out, maybe I just start writing and uh, make a book out of it because uh, that that would be uh, that'd be awesome too. Yeah, man. So I'm on the South by Southwest website trying to vote, and I cannot find. Oh, uh, you gotta go to the uh, panel picker. Um, so it's gay. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, there's like a unique URL. I'll I'll send it to you now. Um, type your. Well, I pulled it off your website, but I wasn't logged in, and then I registered. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of a process. Get verified uh, or go home. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, right. it's it's like not all my friends are in, you yeah. know the, in the industry. So it's funny to get them to like. They're like, oh man, like, I gotta register. <laughs> you know, they get so they're like, oh, you know, like I'm like, oh, sorry, you know, yeah, do it for me, you know, please. Yeah, I got, I, uh, I voted. So, oh man, appreciate it. I uh, mean, I, that's all it takes is to click that thumbs up. Yeah, click thumbs up, man. If you want, leave comments, share it, do whatever. Uh, any, any help is great, man. I love it. I are you a fan of like This American Life? Yeah. There's a great speech. Uh, the name, the guy who runs that show, is blanking me. Um, oh my god, why can't I think of it? Uh, it's painful. Uh, but he's got this great thing on YouTube where he talks about like his intro into the into the radio business and how he's just like unconfident and and like the early stuff he did. He looks back and he's like, I sounded like a complete you know idiot. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And he was just he just talks about the creative process and how like the more he did something and the more the more he would hone his craft, you know, like it's like anything like you, you the more you do something, the better you're going to be at it and to the point where like he was confident and could do things and had and had a vision and could execute, you know, that vision on, on you know, in the radio format and, you know, and to the point where he's like one of the most popular podcast radio shows on on the planet, you know, This American Life. So, I mean, I think it's ranked number one last time I saw it. I think it yeah. was number one. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great show. Sometimes it's a. It's, uh, I wish I could listen to them all. It's kind of like TED Talks, you know, like you, you catch the ones you can and then, yeah. you know, if you have time, you go back and listen to, you know, the other ones. There's just, there's, there's, there's just some of them are, you know, if you got to carve out an hour to really soak it in, you almost want to just like put on headphones and not do anything, you know, and listen. <laughs> yeah, I drive like eight hours a day, so I get to listen to a whole lot of them. But that's uh, good. There's one in particular that's I've been listening to recently with Amber Lyon, and it's not, like at a, it's a. I listen to a bunch of them that are inspirational and you know all about persistence and how to develop and things like that. But hers is actually she was a journalist who went down to Peru and, and did some ayahuasca ceremonies, and she immediately quit doing all the regular journalism that she was doing. You know, like depicting pain points to cause conflicts and things like that, and she started doing nothing but researching 
uh, psychedelics in their source of uh, medicine and healing. And she interviews all these doctors and like the craziest people around the world that are, I mean, you, you wouldn't believe some of the stories on there, man. I highly suggest checking it out. It's called reset.me. Oh, definitely check that out. But it's, it's a little out there. Don't get me wrong. But it's, these people are like, you know, this one guy, he, his friends went off in a van. They were going to rob some liquor store or something. And he <laughs> did, he did, he got some overwhelming feeling that he shouldn't go that day. And they all got killed. You know, they all got shot up and killed. And then, uh, he went down there and did these ceremonies 20 years later and immediately all of his trauma was gone. And there's people that were like raped and molested as a kid. They didn't even know they were raped and molested. And they go to these ceremonies and all, I mean, I don't think by any means that it's a fun process doing that. Like, it's like these people really confront their demons when they do it. It's like a yeah. long process, but uh, pretty interesting stories. If you get away from the, the typical, uh, inspirational podcast and things like that. Yeah, I love that stuff, man. Uh, you know, anytime where I can hear a story that's um, it, it, someone doing something different in, in any sense, you know, whether it's, you know, going above and beyond and doing and helping people or creating something that, you know, uh, I, I had never thought of before or a lot of other people, whether it's like clean water or something like that. Uh, it, it's just one of those, it's those times where you step back and you're like, man, there are just so many smart people out there, you know, and it's like, and they're just, there's so many people doing great things and coming up with new ideas and, uh, you know, and it, it's inspiring to listen to it. It kind of drives me, you know, kind of gives me, uh, that kind of drive where it's like, uh, you know, okay, you know, I, I, I can be next, you know, I, you know, is it my turn to make that mark that dent in, in the world, you know, or, or whatnot. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, it's, man. It's, it's cool, you know, and I, I don't think, you know, I'm one of those people, I don't think like, listening to those things, you know, hurts, you know, or like, I, you know, I hear a lot of creative people anyway that talk about like, they don't like to like, you know, uh, taint their mind for lack of a better word with like, you know, other things because they don't want people to think that they stole that or, you know, they don't want to be, uh, their idea to be, you know, charred by someone else's idea, you know, and I'm kind of like, you know what, there's That's no, how you get better. Yeah, exactly. the research is is how and, and learning from other people is how how it gets better. So, um, oh, I, absolutely, man. For soaking in as much and everything I can. So work at it a little bit every single day, and there's no telling. Like I just, I decided to enroll myself to learn how to do uh, mobile applications with iOS and, and Objective C, and that's been like, man, wanting to make my head explode. But the more I do it the better you get and then it starts to become really really cool uh and it's just something i've been pushing myself to do i mean with all the other shit i got going on it's uh it's kind of crazy that's great that's the next uh, apps are huge that's the next platform man that's well i got some amazing ideas it's just i don't have i don't want to pay someone to make them and at the same time you know overnight successes they take like 10 years in the making you know what i mean so yeah yeah. These people that think you can just make an app and then all of a sudden you're that's that's not quite how it happens. But uh, I figured hell, learn how to do it and that'll give me one more reason to be able to leave my chemical sales job, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no man, I, I completely get it. And I uh I think it's I think it's great that you're doing that. I've always been that way as well, where it's like, okay, I I wanna do something but 
I don't, I don't know how to do it and I don't have any immediate access to someone that could do that for me or have the money a or B have the money to, uh, have them do it for me. So it's kind of like, I just got to hunker down and do it, you know, just get it done, you know, try it out and make something, you know, and it's, um, but you know, you know, it, it, it's tough, you know, because like you said, I have like, I, I have like this notebook and, um, also on my phone where I just like, I'll come up with an idea and like write it down. And it's funny, like, I, like every now and then I go back to those ideas and I'm like, God, I wish I knew somebody who could help me make this. You know, like it's such a I think it's a great idea. You know, like I just don't know an, um, an engineer that could mold something or I don't I, you know, I need a woodworker that could carve out this, you know, crazy object, you know, or to test it out. You know, it's like, you know, like I had this other idea, like, you know, how, how, how do you make like sham- like, you know, uh, treatments, you know, like or tissues or how do you make like shampoo or sunscreen? You know, it's like. How do you how how do you find the people that can like create these uh, these things that like I can then take and have the idea and how to market it or, or spin it or do something more interesting with it you know and it's like mm-hmm. you know it's like if you're listening out there come find me <laughs> you know in a way you know <laughs> I need the voice you know is Twitter where do I go you know it's 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 one of those things where it's just like you know let's talk I want to make cool shit or do cool things and you know like I have ideas you know like so if you if you can make things like let's chat you know that's kind of I, I want to have that like battle cry I feel like that should be my email tag when I sign out if you make <laughs> let's chat you know like then maybe somebody will come will call me up and be like I make shit like awesome let's do something you know yeah there's some guy uh, my girlfriend Lindsay she's trying to create a few things right now and we're kind of in the process of trying to figure that exact problem out like how do you go about making these things and the, the place I do the coding school at is actually an accelerator it's called Awesome Inc here in Lexington and yeah. those guys uh they actually are really big help going through that you can meet a lot of people in there who have made things and and taking them to manufacturing and in the beginning they had no idea how to do it and now they've got a product out and they're marketing the hell out of it and things like that. And so she, she met a, a person the other day who literally is one of those people that just make shit. They, uh, <laughs> they take your idea, then they make the design with like SolidWorks or, uh, engineer it in some different types of programs. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Then they actually get it made and they make a business plan to get it out there. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I was like, they do all of that. Yeah. yeah. It's just a dad and his daughter. And they, they they do it for just a percentage of so like they don't take everything in but if they think it's something that has potential they just want a percentage of it and they'll do it so right there in Lexington see I I move away and something like that starts and and here I am scrambling to, <laughs> uh, that's always how it works you know yeah, there's that's quite a few uh, quite a few people you have to blend throughout there to get to the prime right well I think the problem is out here you know is if if there's so many people, so many millionaires and, and people that are wealthy in California, especially, you know, coastal here in SoCal, you know, I, I feel like unless your dollar, unless your idea is like a bazillion dollar idea, they're like, yeah, no, I, I don't have the time for that. You know? <laughs> I'm like, my idea is not a bazillion dollar idea. It's more like a mega million idea, you know, like maybe, maybe we'll chat, you know, so, but you never know. You keep trying, keep doing, keep, keep, keep doing things, you know, something will, something will stick. Yeah, man. I, I'd love to just pogo stick across the United States naked, but I've been <laughs> vetoed a few times. 
<laughs> people that know me and I'm like, why not? You know, yeah. I could wear like some colorful socks or something. It could be pretty creative. Those people are not your friends. If they were their friends, they would buy the colorful socks for you and say, go forth. Pogo <laughs> stick, my friend. Pogo across the universe, across the world. Do it. Have you, uh, have you read Jab, 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 Right Hook? I haven't. By Gary Vaynerchuk? No. But I, I'm familiar with, with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I've actually sat in on one of his uh, a talk that he gave out here. Crazy guy. He's- yeah, he, he is. But given what you do in your marketing and all the social media and, and things like that, I think that book would hit right up your alley, man. It's literally all of the crazy marketing things behind social media that you would never, ever think of. Like It's, it's crazy. I was like, well, I, I've been researching this a lot recently. Uh, haven't really put much into action yet. And then I, I start reading this book and my head just explodes like what he points out and what things that you think are so important that just mean shit and things that you would never even think of that are extremely important. And so, uh, I mean, to go along with your get verified talk, it might come in handy. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I'll put that on. I'm about to head off to a little vacation. I'll maybe I'll put it on my, my Kindle for for a read. But yeah, I like I like his... I follow him on Twitter, uh, and and just listen. To, I don't know if you ever get a chance to like watch his YouTube videos or listen to his talks, but uh, the one I was at, it was it was very fast. I've never seen a more dynamic speaker in the sense that he literally walked on stage and said, "I don't have really anything to talk about, so I'm just going to talk." And <laughs> and and it was it was so crazy because you know when someone's so smart or has their shit together, because he would start talking about something and then. A half hour later into the talk, he would bring up something he mentioned 30 minutes ago that was completely relevant to what he was talking about now that, that wrapped everything together that he had just talked about into a nice little bow where your, your mind just went like, oh, my God, like, did that just happen? You know, like, did you just ramble on and then, like, wrap everything up like nice and neat to where, like, my mind just exploded? You know, like, and I was just like, that's incredible. Like, who can do that? You know, so it, he is definitely one of the more like crazy dynamic speakers and what was great about it was unfiltered too. I mean, the guy's just cussing. He's, he's just, you know, ha- has no filter really, which would, which made it even more real and more viable and more reachable, I feel like too. Um, so great, you know, amazing speaker. Definitely check out, follow him on Twitter, check out his books. I, I'll definitely try to pick up that one if it's definitely relevant for sure. Yeah. I follow him heavily and he was on Pat Flynn's podcast uh, maybe a month or so ago could have been a little longer and Pat Flynn doesn't allow uh, cussing. And so it was interesting to hear Gary uh, go through his thing and he didn't even get close. Like it didn't seem like he's tried to stop himself at all. He just turned the switch off and yeah. didn't say one cuss word. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. That's a, yeah, a mark of a professional. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to jump into this introduction all right. And you know what? If I just go back to this episode, I might just unleash this entire conversation in its entirety, and they'll hear the, they'll hear the introduction in the middle of the episode. <laughs> That'd be awesome, yeah. Because do it's it. flowed pretty, uh, pretty amazing, and I don't want to remove any of that those gems, those precious jewels that we've already dropped bombs on. So, all right, man, let's do this now. Now they can hear they can hear how it all starts out, right? Yeah. So usually what I say is don't freak out because my introduction is a little unorthodox, but you already know that. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, one, so. 
I've, uh, I've, uh, I'm prepared, but I, I want to hear it like in stereo over in, in my headphones and, and be mind blown again. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm going to call you a wizard or something. Oh, I like it. I'm, gonna, oh, I'm looking at your, yeah. Let's see. Wizard, nerd. Yeah. Media expert. All right. I'm ready to go. Do it. All right. Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to the front? Well, you better not even think about tying those little suckers in a knot because you're going to want to hear every single word this creative madman has to say. He's a media expert. He's a nerd. He's an editor. He's a socialite. And most importantly, a wizard with a beard. A skittle-a-rinkity-dinkity-dink, a skittle-a-rinkity-doo-hoo. Mr. Drew Lewis, you are the entrepreneur now. What is going on, man? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, just keeping it heady, buddy. How about you? Yeah, no, definitely. Let's keep it heady. I want to so, go way up there. So we got into some interesting stuff earlier since I decided to leave all that in. If everyone's listening, you just now got to the introduction that you're used to hearing. But right now, Drew, I want you to get into how you kind of got to where you are. I know you came from Kentucky, obviously. We talked about that. And you had a brief stand. I guess you first started a company called Fusion Corp Design, a digital design firm. And you were doing some bartending and and... I have a feeling there's a lot of drinking involved there. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what you did once you got out of school and how you ended up in LA chasing your passion and just being a baller all around? Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, the the baller thing I think is still happening but, uh, <laughs> in the future maybe. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's actually an, a cool story. I like telling it because uh, it kind of makes me a little humble too uh, from how it all happened. But uh uh, yeah, no, I went to college uh, for sculpture and new media. And then, uh, you know, like most people, when they get out of college, they're like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, and, 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 you know, living in Kentucky, I, in Lexington, Kentucky, where I grew up, you know, you're kind of like, there wasn't any really like, like something to jump right into. It's not like, oh, this is where you go. Here's the business that you work for. I was kind of like this weird hybrid creative person that did sculpture, that knew computers and, you know, web design. And, and, and so I was just like, well, I'll just pick up projects and I'll bartend and, uh, and see where it goes. And um, along the way, I met a buddy, uh, Daniel Boone, um, yes, that's his real name. He's he's actually a descendant of Daniel Boone, and uh, look look him up. He's he's a great guy. He still lives in Lexington, and uh, we we started a company called Fusion Corp Design, and to do like basically web design, um, you know, design in general, really. Uh, but our main our main tool was 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 web design. Our main profit center, and man, we did that for three, four, four years. And, uh, man, really successful. We, we grew, we, we had employees, we had an office downtown. Uh, and I say had only the, only because I, I'm now, I'm no longer a part of it, but fusion corp design is actually still there. Daniel still runs it. Uh, he's got a couple partners, uh, a couple of my good friends. Does it uh, sit right downtown? I think it does. Is yeah. It like I, a green, is it kind of a green black logo with three I, circles around it? Or? Yeah, yeah. They rebranded when I left, but yeah, it used to be like a, more of an orange, uh, design logo, but now I think it is green with like circles. Yeah, I think I've driven by that a few times and always thought in my head, should I go in there? Yeah, go check it out. Or what? Totally, 
tell them you knew Drew Lewis from, you know, and, you know, I'm sure the memories will all come flooding back. And, uh, but yeah, no, we started that just the two of us. And then, um, you know, and it, it was going great, it, you know, it was struggling. I mean, you're a sm- we're a small bit, we were two kids out of college too. It was kind of like, we didn't know what we we're doing. We had to f- file, fill out like a, you know, get a lawyer, fill out like a contract, have an LLC form, you know, we're like, what's going on here? This is real life, you know? Um, and you know, I, I had an opportunity, I got a call from a creative director in California and I had a, to come out and work for an advertising company called YNR. And, um, I kind of just wanted to see, you know, personally if, okay, you know, I've, we're doing okay in, in Lexington here with what we've started, but, you know, I feel like there's a lot to learn, you know, like, I feel like I, you know, I just jumped into this company right out of college so I was like, well, why don't I go out to California and see what I can learn from, you know, people obviously that are being paid lots and lots of money to work on large brands um, and to be creative and and see how that works out. So I took that leap. I, I pretty much sold everything I owned, flew out to California um, with like a couple bags and uh, started working. And uh, man, fast forward like eight years later, uh, you know, I, I sold my shares to the company. Uh, I just couldn't manage it. You know, things were just so busy. Things were just getting so crazy. I was doing commercials for Land Rover, uh, working on brands like um, Southwest Airlines and Invisalign. Um, you know, so it was just kind of like, you know, a major step up. You know, I'm winning, I'm winning awards, you know, doing great digital work. Um, so it was just kind of like, I don't ever look back and think it was like the bad, the wrong decision, but I always do look back and think like, oh man, you know, like I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so happy to say that like that company's still going out, you know, because you never know, you know, it's like if, you know, yeah, part of that company leaves, you know, will it still go on? And, and Daniel, he's an amazing guy, strong, super strong man, you know, and, and mind wise, will wise, um, and probably physically, you know, strong. So if you're listening, Daniel, uh, you're, you're, you're still strong physically as well. And, um, <laughs> I'm not going, trying to call you a wuss or anything. Um, uh, but, uh, it's still running. It's it's got an office space I hear in 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 Kentucky and Lexington and uh, multiple employees. So it's doing really well. And and I mean, I'm one of those people that look back, you know, and say like, wow, I don't even know that many people that have owned a company under thirty, sold it, you know, actually made money, <laughs> you know, on it and walked away, and then you know, continued to have a successful career. So I don't look back at that as like a failure by any means. I look back at that as like, oh wow, that was just a stepping stone in my life to kind of, you know, propel me forward into like kind of what I'm doing now, um, you know, working for a large company, uh, Wonderman uh, advertising company. It's one of the largest global advertising companies in the world. Um, so it's, it's nice to be a part of that. And um, so, but who knows, maybe one day I'll, I'll go back and knock on Fusion Corp's door and say, what's up? So do you, do you drag cases of bourbon around out there and just try and put it down people's throat? And they're like, no, no, I don't like bourbon. No. <laughs> you know, it, bourbon is probably not the f- most popular drink in California. Um, margaritas will probably take that, or vodka sodas. But uh, you know, I do. I, ha- I have I have three bottles of bourbon actually in my office for people to come by and have whenever they want. Uh, and uh, you know, I try. I make I've I made mint juleps one time for the office just to kind of be like, hey, you know, this is classic Kentucky drink. Uh, you know. You know, and half the people are like, oh, my God, no way, you know. But every now and then you get that one person like, oh, my God, this is delicious. How have I never had this, you know. And so slowly but surely I'm, I'm chipping away at the uh, at the souls of those in California, getting them to understand the, the, 
the, the gold elixir that is bourbon and how wonderful it is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was in San Diego, I'd go out with some people out there and, you know, after I ordered my third drink, they're just blank staring at me like I'm a raging alcoholic or something. And I'm like, uh, this is only my third, you know, this could go on a long time here. Right. And they're yeah. going out to the car and, you know, smacking up the bongs or whatever they do, uh, <laughs> drinking one margarita and then, you know, toking it up. That was more of the thing out there, I guess. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's still pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, no, it's funny. It's like, I always tell like, no, we grew up, we grew up on bourbon. Bourbon's not like an alcoholic beverage in Kentucky. It's just a beverage. It's like iced tea, you know? Water. So, yeah. So, uh, it's not something, uh, it's a different mindset, I think. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, you know, we get, we get into a lot of crazy stuff on a daily basis. And obviously there's a lot of apps and tools out there that can help us kind of get out of these jams or these creative blocks that we get. Do you ever experience like a creative block? I I know you're an ultra creative person. You've worked with huge brands, uh, Hilton hotels, Land Rover, the Doyers, can I call them the Doyers? Are they, somebody going to get mad about that. Dodgers, <laughs> Toshiba, yeah. Jenny Craig, Callaway, like you said earlier, Southwest Airlines. When you're put on a project like this, do, do you ever find yourself under like a really stressful situation? or how do, you, how do you get out of this and how do you get back on top and what kind of tools do you use that keep you uh, kind of on your habits and in your product, productivity for the day? Man, that's a great question. Um, I guess to answer the first part, you know, being stumped, I think is just part of the creative process. Uh, I don't, I don't imagine anybody like just spews out a genius idea, you know, their first, their first try and is like done, let's call it. And and then, you know, sell it in and, you know, it's a multi-million dollar campaign and they win lots of awards. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's happened before, but, uh, uh, I don't. I don't feel like that's the majority of people's uh, creative process. I think being stumped is sort of the the catalyst of being of saying like, okay, I have a problem to solve, and this is a difficult problem. Um, and you know, not only is it a difficult problem to solve from a strategic point, but you know, how do I make this also creative? You know, how do I make this interesting? Um, so it, it is tough. And for me, you know, going back to a little bit of what I said earlier, you know, that a lot of it's about research and. And, you know, and just can, I, I like to consume content. I, I just want to go out. I want to see what's been done. I want to see, you know, what people are doing with technology. Uh, what, what are some interesting things that are happening? You know, what are other brands doing? What, what, are, what, what, are, what are people doing in Russia? You know, what are people doing in South America? You know, I, I, I want to see it all. I want, I, want, I want to consume all of it. I want to watch all the videos of all the cool stuff that's happening. I want to read all the great articles, all the tech stuff. Um, and I want to see all the ads that's kind of been done. So I'm, I'm constantly consuming content and thinking like, okay, how do I take what I just saw here? And is there a way I can apply that technology or that strategy or even a little bit of that thinking to the, what I'm working on now. And, and a lot of times what will happen is it'll spawn. I can combine a few things or it spawns uh, an idea that lets me kind of run with it a little bit. And, uh, you know, I put it down on paper or I, or I create something and see if it has any legs, you know, run it up the food chain, people poke holes in it and tell me it sucks. And then I go back and cry a little and then I, I do it all over again. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I don't know if that answered your question, but I, yeah, I think it's just the, the research part for me is, I think, crucial. 
Do you keep a pacifier around still? <laughs> Just in case? You know, I've Just, been in that situation before. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I, you, you come up, you're, you're pretty thick skinned. I, I, I can't imagine you're in this industry and you don't have a thick skin. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, even from, I, I actually, uh, you know, funny story I could segue into uh, when I was in sculpture and, uh, at the university of Kentucky, I took, uh, sculpture and, uh, my professor, Gary Bibbs, I think he's still there. Amazing guy. And, um, I remember it was one of my first sculpture classes. I was carving on this plaster mold and uh and you you're you you create this like mini maquette of out of out of clay and then you start to carve like a giant block like a huge block of of plaster into the form that you've made from the small version and uh you're working on this for weeks like two three four weeks right this thing is your baby like you're spending nights on this thing you're you're sanding it you're hacking at it with like a hammer and you know and i remember one night i i was I was just fine tuning this part that was just looking super smooth, like really nice. I was so proud of it. You know, this form I'd created because it was like kind of defying a little bit of gravity, I thought. And and I, I just chipped into it a little bit too much and it cracked. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, like <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going home. It's like four in the morning. I'm going to sleep it, sleep it off. I'll come back and fix it in the morning. And I come back the next morning during class time. And I noticed that that piece I'd been working on that, that cracked it had been like was broken off and in the trash can. And I'm thinking like, what the hell is going on here? Did someone like break it off or walk by it, knock it, you know, did it just fall on its own? And Gary Bibbs comes by and, and don't get me wrong. It, this isn't, this is like the most intimidating professor you'd ever meet. He looks like an army drill sergeant. The guy is just huge, huge black man, like smokes cigars. <laughs> like, I mean, he just looks like, like your, your stereotypical, just, like intimidating dude, you know, like, and he's that this kind of deep voice and, and takes no shit attitude, you know, which, which is, um, which is great. You know, like if I were to ever make a movie, like I can, you know, start to think about who I'd want to cast as, you know, Gary Bibbs, but, uh, cause he's just that kind of character to, Probably you know, himself. Yeah, no, totally himself. And, uh, and he comes by and he's like, yeah, I broke that off and threw it in the trash. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, th what a dick, you know, like, oh, who does that? You know, like I, this is like my baby. I just slaved over this thing. And he's like, man, it was crap. It was, you know, it was the sculpture gods, you know, basically telling you like, it's, you know, it was over. You, you got to move on. You got to, because he, he knew what was going to happen. He's like, you were going to spend the next four days trying to fix that crack so that it wouldn't break. And then it would have broken anyway. You know what I'm saying? It would have just, and then it would have been like a day, like a, an hour before deadline. And you would have had a broken piece, you know, for a presentation. And he was like, you just got to cut your losses sometimes and just move on. And then, and, you know, and fix the problem as early as you can. And it was like one of those moments in my life where I was just like, oh my God, that applies to like everything I do. You know, like if it's not working, like, dude, just cut it off and move on. You know, like, you know, and that applies to like ideas, like, you know, like do it if it, if it doesn't work break it off and move on. Like, you know, drop it and go, you know, like there's a better idea out there. And, and he was right. As soon as I, I it, the, it was broken off, I could rethink about what I was doing and reform my, my piece to be something salvageable and something actually that I was very proud of in the end, you know? So um, it's, it's one of those situations where I, uh, you know, I look back and I'm like, you know, it's things like that, that kind of sculpted me, pun intended to be the, the, the person I am today, the creative and, and kind of just like, look at things, and have that thick skin about the work I do and the, and, and others people and other people's work as well. You know? Yeah, man. And the, 
what people don't understand is just because you you give it up and you start over doesn't mean that you're quitting. And every every little process and every little step that you made was a success. And you can always look back and say, hey, I made it this far. That's better than doing nothing in the first place. And so you're learning every time that happens and you, you just got to, yeah, you got to cut your losses and it's not always a bad thing. You know, it could turn, when you cut your loss, you could turn into, you know, Batman the next day and just start saving people all over the world if you needed to. Yeah. And uh, that's funny because I actually have built my utility belt and my bat suit is being molded as we speak. So <laughs> next week, Batman. Yes. Drew, Drew Batman. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yep. Getting funky. If anybody out there has a better name than uh, <laughs> then let me know because uh, <laughs> the Drew Batman is not working. It's not going to strike fear in the hearts of anybody. So, so, yeah, I completely agree with with having to have thick skin, and I think it all starts with kind of stepping out of your your comfort zone a little bit. How do you feel about getting out of your figgity funkity comfort zone and facing fears? in any given situation in the workplace. I mean, when you first started for, for people that are out there right now thinking that they want to go do something and they're just scared because everybody has this natural, I mean, it comes from way back before we were even born in our DNA. It's built into us to be scared of things that we're not used to. And what would you say to them as far as taking that step forward and, and getting over that fence and just doing it? Uh, I, you know, I think it's just that reaffirmation of, yeah, just do it. You know, I, I think people are always looking to have someone tell them they can't do it. You know, that way they can be like, oh yeah, you're right. I, I, I can't do that. You know, and, and, but you know, every now and then they're going to run into someone like me or maybe a friend that's like, no, you, you can do that. You know, here, here, let me help you. You know, and I think, um, I think a lot of fears come from you know, the lack of, I think, lack of support maybe that they think they might have or lack of skill. Um, I don't know. I just find that like if, if you kind of keep, you know, talking to the person or if someone's having a fear and talk them through it, you know, it, it, it's it, talking about any, any problem inherently is going to, you're going to solve some part of it or the, the fear is going to start slowly fade away. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've come across problems where I'm like, there's no way we're going to hit this deadline. Like, it is crazy. But as soon as I sit down with the team or people and, and we talk about how to solve it, like the, the, the solutions come like flowing and you're like, oh, my God, this is doable. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can do this. And not only can we do this, but I think we can make it great. You know, so, um, you know, I, I think having a bouncing board of, of great friends or colleagues or peers that, um, you know, you could take those fears and kind of like bounce them off of and kind of really get that sort of you, you get strength from, from from your friends and your peers i think is is kind of really what it boils down to yeah man everything is always going to be uncomfortable before it's comfortable i think really it is just about taking that step forward and everyone out there who's scared of doing something just take your pants off and do it that'll make you even more uncomfortable you won't even think about what you're doing anymore and you'll just do that yeah you'll be thinking about how you have your pants off the whole time no i, I think you hit on an important point i should have started that whole conversation out. It's like, first take your pants off, then go to your friends and bounce ideas off them. If they haven't called the cops, then you know, you got a good idea and you have a good friend as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Man. Off is, is yeah, a prerequisite to anything, <laughs> anything you do from this day forward. So if you, if you could spend a little bit of time hanging out with either Willy Wonka or Richard Simmons, who would you choose and what would you do? 
Oh man, Willy Wonka or Richard? I mean, right off the bat, I mean Richard Simmons. Gosh, what an icon! I mean, I've been to a Kiss concert, and it it literally will melt your face off. That's how awesome it is. Um, uh, but I mean, Willy Wonka. I mean, that guy created some of the most crazy things I've ever seen in a movie or in a world. Right? You know, like the candies and the the machinery and the little oompa loompa. I mean, he might be the most creative guy ever. You know, for what he's done. I mean, and he probably created the most, the the greatest viral campaign on the planet with the golden ticket before viral was even a thing. You know, like the whole golden ticket thing, he, uh, that was the greatest advertising scheme, fake advertising scheme ever. And uh, advertising people are doing it today. Like, buy our product, you might win. You know, that's the golden ticket, you know. So, um, not that he was the first, I'm sure someone did it before them, but like, but to, but to take that and, you know, use it and, and, and and Willy Wonka and the whole crazy the the gobstoppers and the, the I mean gosh what a world he created I mean he was a sneaky bastard man he was a sneaky and he had an elevator that could fly into the, the universe or wherever it was going I don't did it I don't remember where it actually ended up going did it did that ever show that but um but I don't know I mean maybe if they were in a cage match that would decide for me and I could, I wouldn't have to have the pressure of 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 deciding and and now that I think about it, I actually even forgot what your original question was because I'm so my mind is <laughs> racing about how crazy and cool Willy Wonka and uh, <laughs> Richard Simmons cage match would be. So I kind of want to just go make that happen. You got you got into kiss there for a second. You were you talking about Gene Simmons? Oh yeah, I, I am. Yeah, Richard Simmons is the little the, uh, workout the, dude. The little workout dude. Oh, <laughs> man. See, that's why uh, I shouldn't be doing radio because I don't have Google to tell me when I'm uh, I make an idiot out of myself. Um, well, as a punishment, you have to dress like Richard Simmons the rest of the week and act like him. I, you know, I've actually dressed like Richard Simmons before, but we won't go into that. Well, that's a pride that's, thing, man. It's another story. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, hey, you, you got a pretty awesome job, dude. You're out there and... Los Angeles, you work in marketing, you work with these big companies, you get to work with a team, creating things, which is what everybody really ultimately loves to do is, you know, who doesn't like to create something? So what do you think the most exciting part of your job has been since you started it? Or maybe the most exciting story that you have from from your time working there? Well, that is a great question. I mean, it could be the holiday parties. I could go there. I could talk about like accolades. I could talk about South by Southwest, uh, talking at South by Southwest. I could just talk about like general life at an agency, which is always exciting. There's a lot of things to really kind of glean from, you know, working in advertising that I, you know, I think about and I'm like, man, I, I do have an exciting job. It is, I do work in an exciting industry and I do work on creative brands and, and stuff that's really interesting. So uh, to pick one is really difficult. But um, from a personal standpoint, I think, you know, as from a bucket list standpoint, I think speaking at South by Southwest was kind of like a high point. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, speaking at South by Southwest is kind of like an honor. You know, it's kind of like the greatest minds in the industry of of today. And, you know, to be chosen or you know, to be looked at in that light is kind of like, oh man, that is, uh, that's great. I don't even look at myself in the mirror and think that great. And I haven't, I have a huge ego and I don't even think that highly myself. Um, so it's, uh, that was a great honor. Um, hopefully I can repeat it. Um, 
but you know, I, it's one of those things I, you know, I'm always looking forward. I'm always saying like, okay, what's next? Um, I don't, I don't really look back and think like, oh, that was the high point. It'll never get better than that. I'm always going to like, okay, I did that. Oh man. I, I didn't think I could do that. Now let's, let's, let's work on something else. Let's, you know, maybe let's win a can lion. Let's uh, let's speak at an, another great conference. Let's do some uh, you know crazy advertising that will stand the test of time. You know that people remember like Nike or Apple. So yeah, uh, man, I want to get ne- next time you get into a uh, an all input advertising project. You need to give me give me a ring a ling a ding dong because I'd love to get involved with something like that. I've, I've got crazy ideas going through my head constantly. I love pages it. Pages yeah. and pages and pages and pages of shit written down about uh, commercials and advertising and things like that. So it's great. We could dress up like Richard Simmons and uh, you know drink milkshakes and bourbon and. But I'll but I'll mess it up. I'll dress up like Gene Simmons and you'll know, be like, you didn't get the memo, and I'll be like, damn it, I messed this yep. up. And <laughs> next <laughs> time, if I ever ask that question again, I'm just yeah. going to put Gene Simmons in there in there as well because I mean right. he deserves to be there too. He does. It should be a, it should be like a. a a three-person cage match, and then we'll see what happens. I would have killed the, to seen one of their shows here uh, on this recent tour. Yeah, their their final, 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 final tour. Yeah, I don't think they were out here near me anywhere, but I know they played out there. So yeah, my buddy went. Actually, he's like the biggest Kiss fan in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, the guy up in Ventura I was telling you yeah. about earlier. Yeah. So. Well. You you do a lot of online marketing, right? Um, yeah. Advertising. If if there was somebody out there who was who's looking to get started in that, you know, what's something that they could do today, or, or what? Do you have any uh, resources that you think could be of huge help to them, like where they should go right now and, and start if they want to get to where you are? Uh, that's a good question too. Uh, you know, I think what's interesting about advertising is uh, you could work in advertising and have any skill set. I, I don't think you're, I don't think advertising necessarily means you have to be, come from a creative background necessarily or have a uh, creative uh, advertising degree. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I kind of come from the mindset that like, you know, great ideas can come from anybody and, and ideas usually come from experience and, and there are people out there that have great experiences. So if you're, having great experiences doing crazy things going on trips or you just do anything really well um and i think that's really what it boils down to is like you know do something really good you know hone in on something and and work towards it and then if you feel like hey you know i want to give this advertising thing a shot you know like let's have a conversation you know like let's talk you know like you know what do you bring to the table you know because it's not always about like coming up with this great big idea you know there's strategy there there's there's people doing numbers, you know, an advertising agency. There's people that are like finance people. There are there are HR people, you know. So like you can work in advertising and you can work in, in marketing, and you don't necessarily have to be the most the the greatest creative person on the planet. Um, and even if you are the greatest creative person on the planet, I uh, like if say you're Banksy, right? You know, I, I'm sure he has no problem coming coming up with advertising ideas, you know, and so. I think, but he's, his craft isn't advertising. His craft is, you know, art, you know, his craft is, you know, those amazing, uh, you know, spray paint. Uh, he just did that whole like internship or that whole, um, 
thing in New York. I just actually saw the book's going to be released. All those, all his art pieces in New York are going to be uh, in a nice little book, uh, which I hope to pick up. But um, yeah, I think you can come from any background, um, you know, and you you can learn to be creative. I think I think it's obviously I think you can. You know, there are people that are more inherently creative than others, but I think there's a process, and I think anybody can learn that process to come up with interesting ideas. And and then there's people that can execute, like there's designers, you know, and then there's copywriters, you know. So you don't if you're not really good at you know you know drawing pictures or in Photoshop, but you're a, a great writer, you know, you have a great sense of uh, of word and understanding how that all plays together and coming up with taglines and, and, and just maybe you're good at long form, you know, there's a place for long form in advertising. So, um, I, I think people are very narrow minded when they think of advertising, they think they have to be like an inherently like an illustrator or some really crazy kooky creative person. And I say, nay, I say, you can, you can come in and bring anything to the table. Um, if, like I said, you have, if you're good at whatever it is, if you've had great experiences and you're, you're good at something, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll figure out what that is and we'll find a place for you. Can you pogo stick in the office? I haven't seen anyone do it, but there's no reason you can't pogo stick in the office. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're starting to convince me, buddy. Yeah. Come on in. I mean, happy hours, uh, you know, advertising. It, imagine Mad Men, but just not placed in the sex, 60s, 70s, you know. And, <laughs> And and less unless uh, uh, <laughs> um, what, what's the word you know there's less slapping women's asses and and smoking in, in the office but uh, but other than that it's it's pretty much the same sold yeah sold I mean I, I think every all these companies out there these media companies these marketing companies and generally the new age of startups and how they're transforming from that extremely conservative. Uh, you know, generation, two or three generations before us, really, uh, how they kind of structure their businesses to now where it's actually a great place to go. It's a, it's a good place to go hang out and open up your creative juices and, and ultimately, uh, you know, work with a team and, and make it to your ultimate goal faster than ever. You know, all these juices are flowing. You're giving each other high fives. You're slapping each other's asses uh, without, you know, sexual harassment. If you do that here, you get written up for sexual harassment. But mm-hmm. Uh, it it's cool, man. I, I hope to see that trend push push over to these more conservative uh, Bible Belt states and hit these industries that are not likely to be transitioning back to like a creative, happy, friendly workplace like construction and industrial and you know manufacturing and things like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I I I think there's a place for it and a place. Where you know it's good to have some conservatism, uh, you know, I, I, it it just doesn't work. Creative people just you know are anti that kind of idea. But I think if you're trying to be efficient, you know, and having some set guidelines, it's good, you know, with, for efficiency. So I, I see both sides, but I, I agree. I think there is, uh, I, and I think you're starting to see it. I mean, I mean, you, I, I'm sure Toyota isn't as as uh, conservative as they used to be as far as their dress codes and their, their, they probably do some fun events, you know, that they probably never, they didn't do 20 years ago. They probably more about like family days and, you know, and, and jeans Friday, you know what I'm saying? Like things that are, you know, breaking that bubble of like, okay, you know, like we can be a fun company. And I think, I think that's starting to kind of, uh, you know, venture out into, and into, into mainstream, I think. 
Yeah, I, I think it's just you got to get away from the arbitrary nine to five, you know, where you make people brainwash them to think that you have to work these hours no matter how productive you'll be during these two hours throughout these eight hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think the free flow of being able to go into work and actually focus on a, on a project when you're feeling the best about that project and not being forced to clock in at eight hours and clock out at eight hours. I mean, I think there's a huge opportunity there for, for way more productivity. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I think when you can work, you know, and, and I, I think it's different for everybody. I think some people work better from with having a structured sort of like time where like, okay, I come in and I, I leave around this time. I come in around this. And then some people are just like, Man, I come in. Uh, idea, you know, like I just can. I can only work when I want to. You know, when when work comes to me, or you know, when the idea is there. You know, I can't. You can't make me come in. You know, or make me work when, you know, I'm not capable. And I think that's just you know a more the more creative mindset is is lives that way versus, you know, someone that's more likely to want to have a more structured, you know, clock in clock out time. I mean, because I know people that like come in at nine and leave at five every day, and I'm like. And they're perfectly like they wouldn't want it any other way. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like, like, you know. Whereas like I work till like midnight, and I'm like, I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, like I, you know, like I do my best work, and you know, sometimes in the middle of the night. So um, yeah, in spurts. Yeah. So I've been it, practicing this thing. You, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Pomodoro technique. Uh, recently, <laughs> a guy named Josh Earl, who I had interviewed on a previous episode, recommended it to me, but. It's basically 25 minutes of straight concentration, you know, zoned out of anything that could be distraction. Then you take a five-minute break, whether that be going to the bathroom or, you know, getting a snack, whatever it could be. And then you come back in 25 minutes, you work, concentrate fully on it, and then you take another five-minute break. And it, it really, when you think about it before you start doing it, you're like, ah, well, maybe that might help. But it helps a whole lot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've implemented all sorts of cool stuff like you know mail blockers so I, my mail only comes through twice a day now and uh, schedule blocking taking bulk tasks and, and different things that have really freed up so much time and increased my productivity and I just think that now these companies are really starting to notice uh, different patterns when you when you get into some things like that and it's yeah. pretty cool. That's cool. No, it's interesting that that works for you. You know, and I, you know, thinking about some of those things, I was like, oh man, there's no way. You know, some days that just that 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 whole process would fly out the window. <laughs> you know, and then oh, but I mean, it does from time to time. There's days when I'm like, oh man, that would be nice to have. You know, uh, you know, periods of time where I could just like not have an email come in or a phone call or you know. So uh, yeah, I just wish I just wish you know you know my work was a little bit more almost more predictable where I could set something like that. You know, I think it's just one of those things I have to live in this chaos of, you know, yeah, let it come and you deal with it day to day, you know, but I'm sure that you have ultimate processes in place that really help you. You know, you you're in your own groove as to how to deal with those situations, which works just as well. Uh, I'm just testing out different things and it's, it's pretty exciting to see how, how they can transform a day. Like including that miracle morning that we talked about earlier. I mean, that's one of yeah. the things. So, yeah, no, I love, I, you know, I, and I'm all, I'm like an early adopter. I, I'm all for that kind of idea of. I'm always downloading a new app that's like your personal concierge, or like this will help you manage your calendar. And I'm like, oh yes. And then I download it, and 
you know, sometimes I stick with it, you know, sometimes I don't. And, you know, it's just one of those things I'm always looking if, if someone has an interesting idea of like, oh, how to make me more productive or help my life, you know, a little less of uh, the, the chaos that it is sometimes, then, uh, you know, I'm all for it. You know, I'll, I'll try anything once, you know. Have you, have you heard of Square One? It's a mail app. Uh, I it, did that just launch. I, I think I read about that. It's kind of like mail, uh, but it's it's a little different, right? Because it organizes things in like peop with like by people in, in a way or in a yeah, way. It's a it's some guys that used to work at Google. It's a Gmail client, but you can you basically are looking at a grid when you look at your phone, and you can set different categories. Like for instance, on my phone, I've got a section for podcasts when I deal with people through the podcast and interviews and things like that. Then I got one for mentors and I got one for friends, uh, trackers, blog updates, things like that. And you train your phone over the first couple of weeks and it starts putting it in these categories where you can slide your thumb to the left on, on these little boxes in the grid and it silences those zones and it won't let emails come through. So really you could leave open what's most important, like your work, if you needed to and silence all the other stuff, like maybe your friends who you really don't need to check your email from until the end of the day or the next day. And mm. it's amazing uh, how much it will help your your pr productivity throughout the day. I mean, I you don't realize, because I used to check my mail probably 100 times a day, and like no joke, at least that. Mm -hmm. So now I silence the zones that I don't absolutely have to, and the other ones I leave them open. And, and it's just, it flows perfect for me, so you should check that out. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, that is a that is an interesting idea. Uh, I'm I'm just now like starting to bucket people and things into my zones. Like, oh, who would I who would I who would I cancel out? You know, during my my work time, or you know, and who would yeah. I and where would I you know you know lop, lop things in? You know, that's interesting. They make uh, it really easy for you to do it. So you put them in one category once, and then they always go there. But you'll as you get more and more into your unsorted box, you have to look at all of them and say, okay, well. You know, this yeah. is this goes here this goes here yeah i think i would have like w people that overlap and i'd be like oh man you were silenced you you fell into the like <laughs> you fell into the friends list but you're also a coworker i don't know i didn't know i don't know what's going on uh, <laughs> you're blurring lines here you're blurring lines when you become drew batman right. you'll have to put arnold in that silent zone and totally. and robin you'll have to make sure you have an open gateway to him yeah but you know he could fall into the like you know when I'm Bruce Wayne or Drew uh, when I'm my normal person do I can I switch him back to like you know great what was his name let's see I'm a nerd I th I should know Robin's non non superhero name uh, but it's it's blanking me now the oh press man I can't think of it either damn yeah. it it's like it's like uh, so you're it's embarrassing the, us yeah I know I know right. All of my friends listening right now are like he—he he just lost all nerd status, voted out of the council, uh, <laughs> gone, gone. But uh, Google it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like great, uh, great. Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. Grayson. Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. Yeah. See, I had it. I had it. I just couldn't couldn't get it out. Damn it. Sorry. I feel like a failure now, man. All this inspiration just went down the toilet. <laughs> Just now delete I'm cry. It's over. It's over. <laughs> hey, you want to reschedule it and do it over again? Let's just do it again, and we'll at least get that right, and then we'll, everything else has got to go. <laughs> well, you know, I've been feeling pretty good this whole time. I told you before the interview that I didn't have any pants on. Then you mentioned during the interview that, you know, you're a big advocate of 
not wearing pants. So it's a, it's a whole yep. other world, buddy. I don't think by this time, with all the things that we've said, we probably don't have any listeners left. <laughs> yeah. Or if we do, it's like some weirdo with no pants on. <laughs> but 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 wearing a Dick Grayson cape, you know, yellow cape. He's the only one listening. But he's yeah. still angry at us because we couldn't remember his name. And to you, sir, you are a champion, whoever you may be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> send him a t-shirt or something. I feel like we should if you're if you're still listening, we're gonna send you t-shirts. Okay, maybe not t-shirts. We're gonna send you something. E- email <laughs> email email Heath here. He's gonna send you something amazing. See, yeah, see thanks. I just put you on the yeah. spot. Just put you on the spot. Yeah, we'll we'll give you something <laughs> amazing, whether it be a, a picture of Drew with no pants on or, or yeah. it'll be something that you can put on your wall. Yeah, we'll we'll take a picture. Uh, both of us will take a photo, no pants, but Robin's cape, and it'll go viral. <laughs> yes, or, or we'll go to jail. One or the other, but either way, it'll be fun. I feel like I need to go in the kitchen and get a big glass of bourbon now. Yeah, right. Why am I not? Drinking? So we're we're getting pretty long on the time here, Drew. But I want to ask you uh, who some of your favorite. Creative influences are because I like to put those in the show notes. Uh, so, do you, do you have any off the top of your head? I know we've mentioned a few already in the episode, just from you know, talking in and out. But can you think of any others that you are really an advocate of following? Yeah, I mean, and to, like, yeah, today, I guess if you were to give me an influence, like, I don't know, you know, it's it's interesting. If you were to tell, if you were to ask, like, the the ten year old me my like biggest role model or influencer was probably like Indiana Jones, you know, it's you're like, cause you know, you grew up wanting to be like a, like, you know, characters in eighties in, in those eighties movies, like whether it's like Top Gun, you want to be an air, a jet pilot or you're Indiana Jones or Han Solo or something. And, uh, you know, and, and today I think, you know, you know, carrying that forward, it's kind of like a, you know, you almost still look up to those same type of role models in the sense, but they're just not fictional, you know? So, uh, I, but I look uh, I look up to the kind of the people that are are changing things or making a difference, you know. And so, uh, like Elon Musk is one of the people that I'm just like, I have like a huge man crush on. Uh, I just like uh, a. I'm a big I like I'm a big space nerd. I, I like to follow anything that's going on with NASA or, or uh, space his his company SpaceX or just anything going on in the in the space industry and, and, and what's going on there because I, it just fascinates me to, to no end. And, uh, and then what he's done with Tesla and then, you know, when he announced like the hyperloop, he's just one of those people who's constantly changing the model of how, of how to do something. And he's constantly saying like, Hey, you know, that's great. That's great. You, you can do that, but here's a way that you can do it. That's not only like half the cost, but like way like technologically better, and, you know, will not only make your life better, but, you know, the world, you know, and it's just, he just, he constantly is blowing my mind with whatever he's doing. So, um, another one like that, again, going into the space realm is like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, uh, you know, I listen to his podcast and, you know, he, he's just one of those guys, again, you know, he's so smart and so intelligent about what he talks about. If you ever listen to this guy, I actually got to see him talk at South by Southwest uh, when I was there last year. And the guy is just so smart. He doesn't. He doesn't have notes. He doesn't like look up on his phone. Like, what's the distance to, you know, from to Mars? Like, he just knows it. He just knows. And or he'll do the math on the spot. Like, and I'm just like, oh my god. Like, I I don't even know how to consume that much information to even try to do that. Right. And he's just one of those guys who 
it not only is like super intelligent, but is approachable and, and can really, and he, he's a great speaker. He's a great, he's a great person to look at if you want to brand yourself, because you know what he, he's done? He's taken science and created like snippets, right? He's, he knows how to say something that takes something very complicated and make it very simple, which is what we do in advertising like every day, right? Like we take, we're taking like a strategy or a brand an idea that's kind of complicated sometimes. And then how do we say it in its most simplest form? And Neil deGrasse Tyson does that like every day on his podcast, just talking about science. You know, he takes something so complicated about like, how do you like the, the gravity and, you know, like what the force it takes to leave, you know, earth's atmosphere. And he just, he makes it the, the analogy so simple that you're kind of like, why didn't I think of that? You know? So those are people that I always constantly look to that, uh, are you know are constantly blowing my mind and being like, man, I wish I could be more like them. What, what's his podcast called? Uh, I believe it's called Star Talk. Star Talk Radio. Yeah, I'm check it check out. Check that out. I'll put it in the show notes as well because yeah. we all love space, right? I mean, what's not to love? It's 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 fascinating. And my we, girlfriend gets upset with me sometimes. I you know we got rid of cable just as a means to free up some time, things that are more important, and. So now every once in a while I get on the Netflix there and I'm going through the documentaries and I'm always putting on something to do with space. And she's like, Oh my God, not again. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm I like, think it's damn right. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. No, is uh, I think his new show his he redid um, Carl Sagan's show cosmos. And I think that just came on Netflix. So definitely check that out too. It's, it's not as uh, heady as his, his Star Talk Radio, or funny, it's more serious. His Star Talk Radio, he's got a comedian with him, and they kind of banter, and it's kind of humorous. Uh, the but the Cosmos is more like, like you know, kind of dumbed down a little, and 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 I say that in the most polite way, in the fact that it kind of so it reaches the most broad audience, but uh, it's still really good. Man, awesome! I'll I'll put that up there and check it out. Faux show, mm-hmm. even though it's not quite as heady. You know, we do like the really ultra heady stuff, but. True. And it'll be, it'll be trendy in the least. So, if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big bastard? Man, well, I mean, I think the first stage in battling Godzilla is getting over the fact that you just soiled yourself. So (laughs) that would problem solve would be like okay i need new pants if, if i'm wearing any a um because we've already established that i don't wear pants but um i think f- to use my skill set and 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 creativity uh, i don't know you know it's one of those things it's like you know what you know what, what could i do quickly or do i have time maybe i have time like in the movie i have i have an hour and a half of movie time which is like could be anywhere from 24 hours to, you know, a week. So maybe I can create some sort of like, you know, projection mapping uh, or like billboard that can speak in Godzilla language that tells them to like, hey, you know, you're, you're wrecking San Francisco, go to Fiji and like hang out on the beach or, you know, or like some, you know, or like some sort of advertising that sells him not on destruction, but on love, you know, or, you know, or to choose, you know, Axe body spray over, <laughs> uh, or something, you know, or like if you're gonna wreck the town, you can at least oh, smell it, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe we could figure out that we could trick him into buying something or or destroying something 
that was uh, not only helpful to, to mankind, like, hey, we always wanted this to move this mountain, you know, seven meters this way to we could build a highway. Godzilla, like, I'm going to use my advertising woes to kind of make you believe that that's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, but, a Godzilla-sized but, dose of Axe body spray could put us all in the grave. <laughs> that's true. We would uh, we'd probably all go downhill. <laughs> Uh, we would we would end up dooming ourselves, uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't really think. I mean, you know, st- stopping Godzilla isn't like, you know, something I, I think is. Uh, I, I feel like that's an un- unattainable uh, goal for. I don't know. You know that that's like saying like you know if you were to move <laughs> the moon, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy though. That's an interesting, interesting to think about. The last. Last guy I talked to, his, his name was Dr. George Seike. He's an art head at the University of Kentucky. And oh. it was weird because I work with a guy out of London named Paul Kemp. He has a podcast for app developers. And he had actually booked this guy into my schedule, even though I'm in the same city as him. And he was from Hungary and came over. And very interesting guy who, who teaches teachers. Ba- he, he trains art teachers in, in college, basically, how to teach these kids and and all he really focuses on is sending the, he doesn't use a classroom. He sends the, the kids or he sends his students to art classrooms, to public gyms, to hallways, and just has them play with these kids in the most artistic ways with all these giant props, whether it be crawling under the desk or painting with whatever tools that you have laying around. That's he awesome. Goes, yeah, he was telling me a story. Uh, I asked him that question. Cause I actually ask everybody that, that one question every episode. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because Godzilla did defeat me. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I actually I had a seven-foot Godzilla prop that I tried to take to a speech. She was giving a speech somewhere, uh, a guest speaker. I think it was a museum maybe. And he said he <laughs> he started to inflate it, and you know he was getting all these stern looks from everybody, and his machine stopped working, his compressor, whatever he was using. So he's like, I had to, I had to pump the rest of it up with a damn bike pump, and it, he, he pretty much just defeated me right there. He killed me. I was like, how random is that? Right, defeat by bike pump, man. That's, that's the next Gareth Edwards movie, Godzilla Two. Yeah, man, Godzilla and Willy Wonka, those two sneaky, sneaky bastards. I know, right? Yeah. All right, man. Well, before we go, do you have any closing advice that you think could be? of value to our listeners, you know, something that ha- doesn't have to do with taking your pants off. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Uh, well, we're we going to go that route. So yeah, we already established that's no matter what, that's the prerequisite to anything that happens forward, anything I say. Uh, but no uh, advice, you know, for me, I'm always, I feel like I'm always constantly, uh, and we talked about a little bit this early about this a little earlier, but this idea of just making things right. Um, you know, no one at like, I'm always, I feel like all the great achievements I've done, it's, it's usually not someone asking me to do that. It's like me just going out and doing it anyway. Uh, like I, no one asked me to submit a talk to South by Southwest. I just said, you know what? I want to submit a talk to South by Southwest. And, and, and a year later I was speaking. So it's, or, you know, no one asked me to, you know, start, 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 start my own agency, you know, 12 years ago. Uh, but there I did, I just went and did it, you know, and it's just, it's kind of, like don't let someone don't wait till someone asks 
ask you to do something, just kind of go ahead and do it. Um, ask permission or ask forgiveness later if it was in the wrong. But, um, you know, most people are pretty forgiving in the sense, unless you're doing something completely out there. But, um, yeah, just go, go make something, go do something and then share it, share it with, share it with people. Don't, don't hold it either. Like, I, I don't know how many people I know that like have a book written or a, a piece of uh, crazy art, digital video that they've made that they're just, it's like on their phone or sitting on their computer. And I'm like, well, why don't you share that? You know, put it out there. You know, ah, that's not good enough. I'll be the judge of that, you know, but no, you'll never know whether or not it was good unless you put it out there. So you got to share it with somebody. Uh, if whether it's the whole internet or at least you know show it to a, the pe- the people that can at least give you creative creative uh, advice, uh, some criticism, creative criticism to at least help you to move it forward, then uh, uh, I think that that I can kind of close it with that and say just yeah, make things. Oh man, it's such amazing advice, and I couldn't agree more. Just just go out there and do it, make it. You're never going to get anywhere if you don't try, and you don't want to be that person at the end of your life looking back thinking, wow, I didn't do anything that I could have done. And it's a huge problem that most people run into. So get out there, do a little boogie-woogie, do a little dance, get a little bit funky. And Drew, thank you for getting super stickity-stinkity-rinkity-dinkity-funky on this show. And thanks a lot for being the Archipreneur now. And for that one dude out there still listening, with your pants off and the Robin cape, I will be sending you something. So shoot me your email. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and send it to me too, because I want it as well. <laughs> send me a copy. You send them. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A R T S Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.